Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the World. Welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. That's right, my friends. Welcome back to another episode, and I am very excited to share with you what I am looking forward to sharing with you today. And it's kind of out of the blue. I was on my way to the gym on Sunday, which of course is a daily activity for me. I love my time at the gym. And just before going in, I had it on my heart just to share something that came to me as I had just finished watching and listening to the eulogies for Barbara Bush's funeral. I'm not going to go into all of the detail because what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you that I decided to go live on Facebook with a Facebook live stream and just share some thoughts that had popped up in my mind as a result of hearing those eulogies. And I started that Facebook Live with the description, because when you go live on Facebook, it says, can you give a description of what this video is? And, And the question that I typed into the description is, are you the most dangerous person you know? Are you the most dangerous person you know? Now, when I hit that go live button... I knew exactly what I meant by that question, but so much more came out. And, you know, the interesting thing, by the way, I want to let you know that this episode is a little bit more heavily faith-based than what you normally get here in the Cliff Ravenscraft show. And what's funny is that this is the closest that I've been to giving a sermon since I officially dropped all ministry positions within the local congregational gatherings many years ago. Uh, it was it, somebody had joked it was it was Cliff's Sunday morning sermon from the parking lot of Planet Fitness, but uh, I don't know that I would go so far as that. But it certainly is a faith-filled faith-energized and faith-focused sort of message. And it was something that was just so burning on my heart that I had to share what was on my heart before I went in to work out. And that, my friends, is what you're about ready to hear in this podcast episode. And I apologize to those of you who have already watched this on Facebook, or maybe you've already seen this on my YouTube channel, and I realize that several hundred of you It's been viewed a couple hundred times on Facebook and a couple hundred times on YouTube. But here's what I know is there are thousands of people who will hear it here in this audio form that have not seen it in video form. And it's for those people that I wanted to make sure this message that, that, gosh, when I hit that button, I had an idea of what I wanted to say, but I never realized that it was going to be as powerful as the message that actually came out. And and there's a lot in this, by the way. 
and I hope that you enjoy this week's episode. And without any further ado, here is the audio from this week's Sunday Sermon. Hey everybody, Cliff Ravenscraft here coming to you from the parking lot of Planet Fitness, getting ready to go in and get a nice, awesome afternoon Sunday Sunday afternoon workout. Uh, But anyway, before I did, I just wanted to go live here on Facebook and share uh, a couple thoughts that are going through my mind right now. Um, While I was getting ready back at home and all the way on the way here, I had queued up on YouTube uh, the funeral for Barbara Bush. And while I was listening to that, I was just reminded of just how powerful of an impact and influence we can have in the lives of people around the world. And there's no doubt, regardless of what you think politically, uh, Barbara Bush was a loved woman and she had a powerful amount of influence and impact in people's lives. And that was certainly illustrated by the turnout at her funeral, uh, the things that I've seen posted on social media over the past several days, stories that have come out from like, for example, I'm friends with somebody on Facebook Uh, And their father was a Secret Service agent for George H. H. Bush. Um, And the story she told about her father and when they were on a, he was on a mission to, or not a mission, but he was on assignment uh, on their vacation home and uh, at the, for the Bush's vacation home. And just a story about how Barbara Bush uh, came and talked to her dad, the Secret Service agent, and says, why don't you bring the family by and, and stuff like that and uh, put them to work. The, they in, she invited them and put them to work inside of the garden while she was gardening there and just the conversations she had. And of course, this guy has no idea I'm trying to do a Facebook Live here. But... Uh, Because he makes, he makes, he's doing landscaping and he makes things look beautiful. And I absolutely love beautiful landscaping. Anyway, hello, Ian Anderson Gray. Glad to have you here. <coughs> so, what was I saying? But, but just stories, stories of Barbara Bush and the way that she treated people. And it reminded me of a great friend of mine. His name is David H. Foster. And uh, he was a pastor, a friend of mine that I met, uh, gosh, back many years ago. He's unfortunately since passed away. And uh, I'll never forget one thing that he said when I visited, visited his church on a Sunday. He was giving a sermon and he says, listen, when you die, when you leave this world, people are not going to remember you for all of the things that you did for all of the things that you accomplished. And they're not going to remember you for all of the things that you gained as far as your material possessions. None of that. They will forget everything. The only thing that people will remember after you die is how you made them feel. How you made them feel. And that word, that phrase has stuck with me ever since. And uh, I, I devote uh, at least an hour, a minimum of hour, an hour every single day to my own personal, profession, personal and professional growth, personal and professional development. A minimum of an hour every single day. And when I was journaling today, I said, I, I have a question that I ask myself, and it is, what 
did I do in my personal and professional development time today? And uh, the answer to that question was I watched the funeral of Barbara Bush and I was reminded of just the powerful message of that, that statement. People are not going to remember you after you leave this earth based upon all the things that you have accomplished, the things you've accumulated, uh, all the things that you did. No, what they will remember is how, and not even what you said, but how you made them feel. And so my question today is, what are you doing in your life on a consistent basis that contributes to the well-being of other people around you and how they feel about themselves and how they feel about you and your investment in their lives. This It was a powerful reminder. You know, I, I was actually going in and I was looking for that quote and some of you popped into this live stream or watching the replay of this live stream because you saw the question, are you the most dangerous person you know? And you're thinking, well, how does that relate? Why didn't you, why didn't you just start out with that quote. Well, the reason why is I was, I, I actually have a list of all the quotes that, well, a, a, a lot of quotes that my great friend, David, my uh, unfortunately deceased friend, David H. Foster had uh, shared that just had a profound impact in my life. And uh, I was looking for the exact quote because I just gave that to you off the top of my head and I couldn't find it. But when I was searching for the quote, I actually came across the list of quotes that I did write down uh, that I heard originally from David that I've, I've allowed to really influence my life. And by the way, let me tell you, David has passed away. And you know, he's right. I don't recall all of the things that he accumulated in his life. I know he had a motorcycle. I know he had a fine home. But that, when I think about him, I don't think about those things. When I think about David H. Foster, I think about how he made me feel. And I want to tell you something. Um, when, when I was struggling in a very significant area of my life, and it was especially as it came to a crisis of faith, a faith in God, a faith in Jesus, after years of, of walking out, a, you know, a, 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 a Christian lifestyle, I, I came to this place in my life where I was really struggling in my faith. I was listening to a podcast that he produced. That used, it's no longer available today. I still have the archives of everything he ever put out in that podcast. It was called A Renegade's Guide to God, which, by the way, there, it was based upon a lot of the message that he shared in that podcast was based upon a book that he wrote called A Renegade's Guide to God by David H. Foster. You can still get that, and I encourage you to do so. It's an incredible book. But anyway, um, in one podcast episode, he said, he said in this episode, he says, Cliff, or he didn't say Cliff. <laughs> he said to the audience, but I felt like he was talking to me. Uh, he says, you know, there, there are, there are people out there who believe that they have a relationship with God, but they don't. And he says, uh, a lot of people, what they have, uh, is one of three things that they confuse with this idea of having a relationship with God. And he says, uh, he says that some people uh, believe they have a relationship with God, but what they really have is a relationship with an institution. You know, they go to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They go to prayer meeting every Tuesday night. I mean, they, they, when it comes to the institution, dude, they are, they are in relationship. But that doesn't necessarily mean, and by the way, I've, I've been in those institutions and I certainly had a relationship with the institution uh, for a very long time. And, and I will tell you, I, I know for a fact that there are people that from all appearances, I can't judge anyone's heart, 
and I have no idea and make no judgment about their relationship with God, but there, there were some that seemingly had a wonderful relationship with the institution, but their life seemed unmarked by a relationship and transformation in their life as it relates to God. So, yeah, so, so he talked about this fact that many people think that they have a relationship with God, but what they really have is a relationship with an institution. That was number one. Number two, they, he said that a lot of people think that they have a relationship with God, but really what they have is a relationship with information about God. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, he's, he's reading my mind here because I can't begin to tell you the number of times when I felt really great about my relationship with God when I was reading the Bible every single day, when I would get up in the morning and I would spend a minimum of an hour every single day reading from the scriptures and journaling my thoughts and praying endlessly, you know, all this stuff. And boy, if I ever missed that, or I went through a season like where I skipped it for a couple days. And then as a result of that, I found myself skipping it for a couple weeks and heaven forbid, I go like months without opening the Bible and reading it. I felt like, wow, I, I feel so disconnected from God. And what I realized is I didn't have a relationship. Well, what I, what I was going for and what I felt that I was missing is a relationship with God. But really it was all about this relationship I had with information about God. And then he says there's a third thing that people confuse with the relationship with God, and that was um, a relationship with a moral code of conduct. You know, if you, if you are consistently doing all the things you feel and believe that God wants you to do, then as long as you're doing the right things, you feel good. But boy, if you don't do them, uh, you don't feel so good and you feel like God's angry with you. Really what that is, is it's not really a relationship with God. It's a relationship with this moral code of conduct. And I'm like, wow. Uh, I, and, and it got me to thinking, I'm, I'm wondering, I, I truly honestly know in my heart of heart that I have had a relationship with God. But when I heard this message, this is so many years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's 2009. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm like 95% sure it was 2009 when I heard this podcast episode. And I was going through a crisis of faith. And I'm like, you know what? I wonder, have I, I believe I've traded my relationship with God for a relationship with all three of those things. And I, I got to the place where I'm like, I don't even know that I have a relationship with God right now. I'm wondering if I've had a relationship with God since the early days when I first got excited and was in love and passionate about just knowing God and his grace and his forgiveness and how on fire I was. But over a, a t period of time, a season of life, I began to investigate what does it mean to have a relationship with God? And I was taught, well, you first thing you do is you go to church all the time. Number two, you stop doing these things. You start doing these things. Uh, or, well, actually, number two is that you, you read the scriptures all the time and pray all the time. And number three, you use the scriptures as your basis of how to live life. You do these things and you don't do these things. And and somewhere along the path, I'm, I, I realized I traded that relationship with God for a relationship with the institution, information, and a moral code of conduct. And uh, I remember reaching out to David. I, I Again, we became very good friends. I met him on a cruise, a, a Dan Miller cruise years ago, February 2009. No, February, February 2010. February 2010. So I was wrong. It was not 2009. It was 2010. This all happened. It was the summer of 2010 I, or the spring. But it, it's coming back to me now. So anyway, um, 
I promise you, this this all makes a, a difference. Uh, but anyway, I, I, re- I reached out to him via email because we had this relationship. And I said, there, I said, David, I, I got to ask you, I, is, I'm, I'm listening to your most recent episode and I'm wondering, I'm having a crisis of faith here. And I'm wondering if I even am in relationship with God or I, 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 I don't question whether or not I have been in relation, but I'm wondering if I've traded it and if, and, and what on earth have I done and how can I change this? And I'll just never f- forget him reaching out to me and he offered to get on a phone call and it began what became a long series of phone calls. Um, sometimes hours a week, David Foster and I would talk to each other and we would just have the most powerful conversations. And he was the one who truly helped me embrace freedom in Christ and grace, ultimate grace. He, he was the first person. I mean, I, I'd heard about grace. I've, I was a pastor from 1996, uh, an associate pastor. I preached in pulpits. I, I taught about grace, unmerited favor. But the reality is, is that I always taught it with conditions. As long as you do this, it's like grace is grace, but, but there are also works. And it's, I, I, anyway, not going to go into all that, but man, did he help set me free by reminding me of how Jesus set me free. And it's like, wow. And I'll never forget the words, <clears throat> you know, when I started to embrace this freedom and, uh, the, David used this, this, uh, this phrase when he says, Cliff, I got to tell you something, man. He goes, you have a relationship with God. God's never broken that relationship with you. You've just been focusing on your relationship with those other things. But that relationship has been there the whole time. David also told me this, and, and, it, and it blows my mind that he told me this. Now, he, he was a very popular pastor. People loved him massive. I mean, he, I, I'm not going to go into all the details, but let me tell you, he was, he, it was incredible. I did not know until after his memorial service just who looked up to him and, and was influenced by him and his ministry. Uh, but I, I was blown away who showed up at uh, Brentwood Baptist Church for his memorial service and the people who spoke and the things that they shared. And, and then at that moment in time that day, I said, God, who am I that you allowed me to have this kind of relationship with David H. Foster? But let me tell you what David H. Foster told me one day. He says, Cliff, I want to tell you something. Uh, I was really struggling with the, the institution of the local church at the time. And, and I told him, I said there, he was listening to my podcast. I used to have a podcast called About the Church, which I transferred over to calling it, rebranded it to uh, uh, encouraging others through Christ. Still in the archives out there, by the way. And um, I, I told him, I said, David, I think I'm getting ready to leave this place. And he says, I encourage you to do so. And I'm like, what? This is a pastor telling me that I, sh- I should I should walk away from this institution. And, uh, and and I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, he goes, Cliff, let me tell you something. I wanna encourage you to do this. I wanna encourage you to never again in your life commit yourself to doing church work. Instead, I encourage you to devote the rest of your life to the work of the church. And I did. And I have been doing that since 2010. And my life has never been the same. Uh, My relationship with God has never been the same. My faith is stronger than it's ever been. I will never again do the 
I will never again devote any amount of time in my life ever again to doing church work. But instead, I am forever and have been devoted to doing the work of the church. Now, I don't wear that on my badge. Those of you who are following me, you don't hear me talking about scriptures all the time. You don't hear me preaching uh, evangelistic sermons and, and stuff like that. You hear me all the time talking about taking your life to the next level, living up to your full potential. I, the, the most I really get into uh, anything of faith-based is I, I do often talk about the fact that, hey, are you living the life for which you were created? And I do believe, and that's my ministry. That's my message. That's what God put me on this earth to do. And, and David H. Foster once said to me, he says, Cliff, I want to tell you something. You, my friend, are going to be dangerous. And I, by the way, I, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps here as I think about these words, these conversations that we had. He says, Cliff, I want to tell you, when you fully embrace your freedom and you fully embrace your identity and who God put you on this earth to be, and you begin to fully devote yourself to this work, you'll be dangerous. He didn't, he didn't describe what that meant, but he said it. And, I, and, and in my heart, I knew what he meant. And I've been dangerous ever since. Now, um, and by the way, I, I forgot to tell you the, the phrase that he said to me and that blew my mind. Uh, I got to talking about his memorial service, but he said there, he goes, Cliff, I want to tell you something. He says, you leave that, that local congregation. Of course, you know, he, he called it the church. I, today I call them local congregational gatherings, but, um, cause I still believe in the church. I just believe the church is the people with a capital C. And I don't think it's a building where people gather on a weekly basis. I think those are lo local congregational gatherings. And I'm glad people do those. If that if it serves you and helps you grow in the faith and your relationship with God, I love that for you. Uh, it's not where I go to get that, though. But um, he said there, he says, Cliff, I, don't, don't worry about this. I want you to do, he says, never again do church work. But instead, always devote yourself to doing the work of the church. And he goes, I want to tell you something. He goes, I listened to every episode of every podcast you put out. And I want to tell you, at the time I was putting out a lot of content. And he goes, Cliff, I want to tell you, you're my pastor. And my mind was blown. I'm his pastor? He says, he, he says I want you to know, you have one of the largest churches in the world. And you are a pastor. And I consider you to be my pastor. When I tune in and I listen to your show, you don't have to be preaching. You don't have to be reading scriptures and interpreting it and, and all that stuff. But let me tell you that it's you being who you are, sharing your life, sharing your life and what you're learning from all of your experiences and just being authentic and letting your faith be who you are and influencing the way you think the way that you feel and the way that you act, the way that you speak, the way that you treat others, the way that you make other people feel, that makes you an incredibly uh, powerful minister of the gospel. And I consider you to be my pastor. And I'm like, wow, uh, this guy, I, I will tell you, he radically changed my life. Anyway, just remembering David Foster um, and, and all of that brought on just by this Barbara Bush uh, funeral. 
And, and then I was looking up this quote, you know, people are not going to remember what you said, what you did, what you accomplished, all the things you accumulated. They'll only remember years after you died, they'll only remember how you made them feel. And guys, I just told you a story about the way that David reached out to me, the way that David H. Foster uh, had conversations with me, sometimes hours a week, going on for months, and the way that he communicated to me, the way that he spoke into my life, you guys can just get a sense for the way that David H. Foster made me feel, and I'll never forget it. And then I was looking up these quotes. And, and so now, and by the way, this whole dangerous theme that I've talked about, that's a whole different kind of dangerous than the dangerous quote that, that prompted the, the little note on this video, are you the most dangerous person you know? And, and the quote goes like this. He says that, oh gosh, I, and I can't go. I, I was trying to remember the whole quote, but I, I looked it up and I saw it and it's what prompted me to go live with this Facebook live. And it's something along the like this, uh, nobody, nobody can keep me from experiencing what God wants for my life. Nobody else out there on this planet can keep me from experiencing the things that God wants me to experience in this life, the great things that God wants for me. Nobody on this planet can keep me from experiencing what God wants for me except for myself. Therefore, I am the most dangerous person I know. And again, this is a whole different quote and it's not anything to, to there's a whole different mindset and, and message in David saying, Cliff, you're going to be the, you know, when you fully embrace this, you're going to be dangerous. And, and he was talking about the, the, the Cliff, you're going to be a dangerous force to be reckoned with when it comes to the forces of evil in this world. And, and, and I'm like, okay. And, 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 you know, of course I had some limiting beliefs about that, but I'm, I'm starting to see how some of that stuff's paying off. But, uh, but the whole thing here, and the one I wanted to end with this, I guess there's messages within messages within messages in this Facebook live stream. But uh, are you the most dangerous person you know? I think so. Because there are, you, I believe each and every one of us were created for a purpose. And I believe that God wants way more for us than we can possibly imagine. He wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to, uh, he wants us to, he wants us to embrace true freedom. You know, thinking about the, you know, the, I'm sure you've heard of the story of the elephant when it's a baby elephant, they tie a, a string around it or a rope around its neck and t tack it to a, uh, a post in the ground. And that post, you know, that, that baby elephant is not strong enough to pull away from it. Right. And as a result of that, it eventually starts giving up. And that's why it's been conditioned to believe that there's no way. If, there's a, if there is a rope between their neck and a, a post, a metal post into the ground, if they are uh, tethered to something as small as a little post in the ground, that that giant, gigantic elephant, there's, there, in its mind, it's been conditioned to believe there's no reason for me to even try to pull myself away. I'm tethered here. This is all I'm able to achieve. And that, my friends, is what I believe we've been led to believe. 
We've been led to believe as a result of growing up, you know, when we were kids, we thought we were told, hey, we could do anything we want in life. We can achieve anything. You can be anything you want. And, and we were free to roam. We were free to run. We were like the little elephant that was out in the open fields, free to do anything. And then we were put into a corral, you know, and, and we, we got a rope around our neck. We were, we were tethered to this metal post nailed into the ground and it was just strong enough to hold us there. And it was called the school. It was called the educational system. And we got the dreams that we could be anything we want in life. We got all of that educated out of our soul. And we were told that there were only a few things we could do. You must go to college. You must get a degree. You must sit here and be quiet. You must not ask questions without your hands being raised and called on and first. You must be interested in arithmetic and geometry. Well, I guess maybe math and geometry is kind of the same. And you must have this. You must have all that and you must go and do this you must have this kind of job and blah 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 and it's crazy for the, you to think that you could be an artist it's crazy for you think you could be uh that you could just go out and do what you love and make a living in this world and have a powerful impact and influence in people's lives we've been we've been tethered to a pole that says you must be an employee because it's dangerous and it's too much risk to go out and do anything else and this is the only responsible way to live life and my friends, I will tell you right now, many of us are the most dangerous people we know because we've been conditioned to be the most dangerous people we know. And we can't anymore blame it on the educational system. We can't blame it on our parents who, who conditioned this, uh, us this way. We can't blame it on anyone else. We must understand it is us. Today, we, are, we have the power to think, what do I believe? What do I believe about who I am? Who, what do I believe about who I was created to be? What do I believe about what I'm able to achieve in this world? What do I believe about the power and the influence and the impact that I could have on people's lives? What do I believe about the mon amount of money I could generate from doing the things that I feel most called to do in this world? What do I believe? And we also have the power today to ask ourselves why do I believe these things? How did I come to believe these things? And even more, we have the ability to ask ourselves this question. Are those things that I believe true? Are they true? Or are they the limiting beliefs of others that we have adopted? My friends, I want to ask you, do you believe the statement that nobody no teacher, no educational system, no parents, no environment, no physical uh, limitation that you had can have right now, no illness that you have right now can keep you from experiencing the life that God desires for you. Nothing except for you. Nothing except for you can keep you from living the life that God desires for you. And... If you believe that, then you probably understand that you, my friend, are the single most dangerous person you know. You are the, I, I am the most dangerous person I know because I'm the only one who can limit myself in this world from experiencing all that God wants me to be able to do to fulfill his will 
and to have a powerful amount of impact and influence people's lives, to be able to fully embrace who I was created to be so that I can have the amount of opportunity to go out and change people's lives in the way that, how do they feel? How do I help them feel? How do, how do I cause them to feel? Do I cause people to feel loved? My friends, I don't want to be remembered after I die for all of the material blessings that I've had in my life. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want people to remember me after I die for all of the hours that I spent in the gym. I don't, when I die, I don't want to, I don't want anybody to remember me for how many people I helped launch a podcast. I don't want to be remembered for how great of a husband I was or a father or how terrible of a husband and a father. I don't want to be remembered for how much money I generated. I don't want to be remembered for how many awesome products and services I created, for how financially successful my business was. I don't want to be remembered for any of the things that I may achieve when it comes to the success of my business and the size of the audience. I want to be remembered for how did I make people feel. That's what I want to be remembered for. What do you want to be remembered for? Are you the most dangerous person you know? That's my question. And and I did not intend for this to be a sales pitch, but guys, I want to tell you, the Free the Dream Conference is coming up on September 7th, 8th, and 9th uh, in Franklin, Tennessee. And it is the most dangerous thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, and it's the different dangerous, not the limiting dangerous. It's the other dangerous. It's the most dangerous thing I'm ever going that I've ever attempted to do in my life. And I could not begin to tell you how excited I am about it and what I believe it's going to do in the lives of the people who attend. And I want to invite you, if you are not fully embracing the freedom to be all that you were created to be, If you have limiting beliefs that are holding you back from living a majority of the time that you spent on this earth doing what you feel most called to do in this world, I want to encourage you to come to free the dream. There's a dream inside of you that has been repressed, that is not fully expressed in your life day to day. And that's what this event is about. It's about helping you unleash the dream inside of you, to free it, to take the rope off of your neck or by golly, forget about the rope. You're a freaking elephant. You're more powerful than that stake in the ground. Just move, go like this, rip the stake out of the ground and run free. Do what you're called to do in this world. Do it. Don't wait 10 years. Don't wait 20 years. Don't wait five years. Start today and do what you were called to do. And maybe the first step is to register for Free the Dream. Freethedream.com. No, free the, it's not freethedream.com. It is freethedream.live. Freethedream.live is where you can go and register. And if you can't be there in Franklin, Tennessee, go to the very bottom of the page and sign up for the virtual ticket option. And guess what? Whether you buy the virtual ticket option at the very bottom of the page or if you buy either the standard ticket or the VIP ticket where you actually come and attend the conference live, 
The most cool thing about this is that you don't have to wait until September to start learning, to start radically changing your belief about who you are and what you're able to achieve because you can participate in the practice sessions. These are live training, group coaching call sessions that I will be doing a lot of between now and September of, of 2018. I'm going, as a matter of fact, there's already one that's, I, that's preloaded. Uh, I will tell you right now, there's a special discount on the sales page at freethedream.live. And if you buy any of the tickets, either the standard or the VIP, or if you have, you have to get the, to get the virtual ticket, you have to get the button at the very bottom of the sales page. Um, no matter what ticket you get, you'll get access to these practice sessions, the ones that I'll be doing live, the recordings will be there, but there's one that's already on there. It's called, um, price or money and pricing mindset. And I will tell you that that teaching alone is worth any of the tickets. And it's just the beginning of what I want to share with you guys. So go to freethedream.live. Realize this. I incur, I believe, I, and I know, I am the most dangerous person I know. Because I'm the only one who can hold me back from achieving the life for which I was created. And I'm committed to not allowing that part of myself to hold me back anymore. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, I encourage you to take every area of your life to the next level as you become more and more who you were created to be. Bye-bye.